Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. Welcome back to the show, and uh, just one more point uh, flying off of our conversation with Chris Arnotti before the break. Like the politician who styles himself a Robin Hood, the trading app turns out to be the converse of its marketing. GameStop stock removed from the Robin Hood trading app today. So just as Arnotti predicted, the uh, closing of ranks that is occurring. Speaking of the uh, reverse Robin Hoods, the uh, human toll of New York's restaurant employ- unemployment crisis, uh, this over at uh, Grub Street. Unemployment in New York City's hospitality industry peaked in April at 71%. And even since restaurants were allowed to reopen off and on over the course of the next eight months, the uh, unemployment rate was exponentially higher than the general unemployment rate for the hospitality industry nationally and certainly as compared to other sectors. After December's indoor dining shutdown, uh, the number shot back up from under 40% to 43.5%. New York City restaurant workers, the unemployment rate today is uh, four times higher than the city's overall rate. And the national restaurant industry unemployment rate is at 16 percent, so two and a half times less. In total, the estimate is there have been approximately 140,000 fewer jobs in New York's restaurants, bars and other businesses defined defined as food and drinking places. And uh, this is consistent with the two track jobs recovery. Jen Psaki uh, talked about the K-shaped recovery, right, but it's government-induced, policy-induced. It's not pandemic-induced. It's response-induced. Wall Street Journal reporting, employment increased in 15 states in December, including Texas, Georgia, North Carolina, Wisconsin, South Carolina. Light touches when it came to lockdown policies. The gains, though, in those 15 states were more than offset by the losses in Michigan, California, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, New York, lockdown states. New York minus 37,000 jobs in December. California minus 52,000 jobs. Oh, and by the way, just as a related story, St. Andrew of COVID-19, our General Dwight D. Eisenhower of the pandemic, report out today that COVID deaths in New York nursing homes were 50% higher than initially claimed by Andrew Cuomo State Health Department. This is from the Democrat Attorney General of New York State a report that was issued today. So for those policies and this devastation, you got what exactly? And now we want to scale the governance model of California nationally. For more on this, we're pleased to be joined by our friend Joel Kotkin. He is the Urban Futures Fellow at Chapman University, Executive Director of the Urban Reform Institute, and author of The Coming of Neo-Feudalism, A Warning to the Global Middle Class. I don't know if it's still a coming or if it's a came uh, Joel and Co- Joel Kotkin, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, it's my pleasure. So uh, what about that? You wrote in City Journal, you know, making America California that we're essentially taking this. Uh, the left is taking this model and trying to scale it nationally. And uh, the jobs numbers in California, minus 52,000. The population continues to shrink. Employment continues to shrink. The congressional delegation is going to shrink after this next census. It's uh, just a remarkable uh, doubling down on failure. 
Well, and of course, the reason that I discussed this, why California is able to project it, I mean, I don't think, you know, you'd have to be almost insane, even if you were ideologically uh, so uh, inclined to, to look at de Blasio as a as a model, or even New York State, or certainly Illinois. I mean, you just you'd just be insane. I mean, people just laugh at you. California is a little different. Um, it's certainly um, the lockdown policies have been tough. Um, the environmental regulations, the taxes, that, you know, big companies are leaving, small companies are leaving, all those negatives. The thing that makes it possible to maintain the fantasy is the fact that we have these gigantic tech companies that are making phenomenal amounts of money, that are earning lots of capital gains for people, and we have the IPOs. Now, the problem is you can you can sort of sustain at least temporarily uh, California fiscally because of this. Other states don't have that. So let's say you go and you decide that you're going to wipe out the energy industry in Texas. Well, there's no Silicon Valley to make up for it. There, you know, there are some wealthy people, but not anything at the level that that you have in California. So, you know, fundamentally, it's a model that is flawed to start with, but is a but is flawed um, for other states even more so. So, you know, essentially, what you're seeing is an attempt, I would say, by the metropolitan elites in you know New York, Chicago, uh, San Francisco, L.A to sort of impose their worldview and their economy on the rest of the country. And it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. Well, that's, yeah, you're right. It's sort of, sort of a microcosm of this two tracks. Uh, just looking at the states, uh, the comparative state jobs numbers in December, you see a two-track recovery. So things are going very well for those uh, t- tech businesses in California and, uh, you know, in all the pockets in between those tech companies, perhaps not so well. Uh, When we come back, I'm going to continue to explore that and um, sort of the implications of uh, modeling California and and the oligarchs' views nationally. More with Joel Kotkin. He is the Urban Futures Fellow at Chapman University, the author of The Coming of Neo-Feudalism, A Warning to the Global Middle Class. We'll be right back. Listen, the more you'll know. This is this is the Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to the show. We're speaking with Joel Kotkin. He is the Urban Futures Fellow at Chapman University, Executive Director of the Urban Reform Institute, and author of The Coming of Neo-Feudalism, A Warning to the Global Middle Class. And, uh, you know, you and uh, Professor Michael Lynn down at the University of Texas have sort of a very similar description of what's happening in America. Um, and uh, he recently wrote about uh, the uh, American elite, the oligarchs that you were describing before the break. And he talked about how, one of the things that's changed today as compared to the elites of uh, bygone era is that they're not regional anymore. You don't have moneyed interests competing that are uh, sort of regionally centered and compete for uh, supremacy region by region. You have um, a national oligarchy, national elite class that is uniform in its um, credentials, dialect, religion, political positions, and it's imposing uh, an orthodoxy that is national. So, you know, the the oligarchs in Silicon Valley are indistinguishable from 
the uh, the, the the oligarchs in, in in insurance or in in finance in Chicago, in New York, and so forth, and that creates a, a much different dynamic. Frankly, a more stifling environment. Is 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 that uh, your sense of it as well? Yeah, I think definitely um, what you're going to see is this. I, I would go a little further than Mike goes because Mike's book is you know focused on the U.S. I on my focused globally. Mm-hmm. I think it, we're seeing a the emergence of a global um, aristocracy and and clarity. You know the the sort of the the the, the very very wealthy. They, they have more in common with each other, whatever country they're in, than than they have with the vast majority of the, of the population. Uh, many of these companies um, are are certainly global, um, and they have they rely on, on the same system, and they're beginning to adopt a similar ideology. This great reset, which uh, the Davos people are pushing, right. um, is really saying, let's take the lockdowns and make that sort of the model for dealing with climate change. I mean, that really is where we're headed. We're headed to a world where the the elites, in order to maintain their position, uh, will continue to uh, uh, you know push policies that will make it harder for new players to come in. I mean, do you think Facebook and Google want competition? Really? Um, I mean, look at Microsoft. You know, creating mediocre software for 25 years. But if you've got a monopoly, you don't have to. Uh, pay attention. As I always say, you know, when I ask my techie when there's some breakdown in the Microsoft system, he says, well, you know, what's your alternative? You can't go anywhere else. And that's sort of the world that we're beginning to see. And we're seeing it on a global level that um, there are sort of two different um, sort of corporate economies and, and ideologies. One is the the sort of American, Western, you know, European uh, sort of that worldview, and then there's the Chinese, and uh, they're really, and they're not necessarily uh, the people who are at the tops are actually not all that hostile to the China model. I mean, in many ways, we are beginning yeah. to move towards something that looks like China. The biggest difference is in America, the the capitalists control the <laughs> control things, and in, in China, the Communist Party controls. Things. Well, but it's 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 uh, exchanging comfort for freedom. It's that's the same dynamic, and so the, it seems to me that the oligarchs' trick here is to make sure that you provide enough comfort to enough people uh, that they're that they willingly give up their freedom. That they don't mind if their kids don't get to go to school. Uh, they don't mind if uh, their real purchasing power is uh, diminished if their economic opportunities are reduced because they're being conferred through transfer payments and government programs or, or uh, benefits, unearned benefits, and or you, you continue to expand government at every level, so you provide sinecures for a, a percentage of those people as well. That's really been the kleptocratic model in places like Illinois, which I know well. <laughs> well, you know, and, and of course this is one of the reasons why Many of the tech oligarchs, they like the universal basic income because basically they get to keep their money. And you ask the diminishing middle class to pay for universal basic income so people really have no motivation to work or start businesses. I mean, that's certainly one one aspect. And then I think the oligarchs and, and their allies are, have, have made a very cynical bargain where they said, you know what, and this is... Unfortunately, um, I'm actually more of a social democrat and like to see 
more economic uh, uh, impetus for the middle and working classes. But that's not where Biden's going. Where Biden's going, it, it, at least as of now, is he, he's going to, like the corporations, placate people on gender, race, mm-hmm. environment. Those, because those are things that they don't they don't affect the profits of Google. <laughs> you know, I mean. Um, and and so what you do is you you, you play the progressive game uh, on these sort of identity issues um, as long as you don't ask the tough questions, which you know as much as I don't necessarily agree with uh, you know what Bernie Sanders says, but I think Bernie is making the direct comment that you can't have a, a, a you know how do you have any kind of social democracy when a small group of people control an enormous percentage of the economy and I would argue scare to me the scariest part is they now control the means of information complete domination of the universities pretty much domination of all but a few parts of the media and you know I think Dan you're probably uh, uh, you're gonna have to be deprogrammed yes <laughs> yes yeah deprogrammed or deplatformed one of the two no one of the I two mean, D's we, yeah I mean we live with this fear now that and I think what we've seen is and look I was not a Trump supporter I didn't vote for him I think you know I really think he was a bit of a lunatic and you know for lots of reasons so I, I'm not defending Trump mm-hmm. but he was the, the in many ways the only thing uh, prevented preventing the oligarchs from taking complete power and I think that's what's going to go on now who's going to restrain them who's going to say no he is Joel Cock, an Urban Futures Fellow at Chapman University, Executive Director of the Urban Reform Institute, and author of The Coming of Neo-Feudalism, A Warning to the Global Middle Class. Joel Cock, and thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Show at danproffshow.com.